Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Wednesday, May the 30th, 2012. That's right, Wednesday, May the 30th, 2012. This is episode number 113 of Purple Mafia. I am, of course, your host, Joey Wygen, or Paladino Joey. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, for introducing me at the beginning of that awesome introduction (laughs) that you made long ago. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, the executive producer of thesportstuff.com. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. I want to apologize to each and every one of you wondering where the hell I've been, where the heck I've been, whatever you want to say, for the past six weeks. Well, first of all, of course, busy schedules get in the way, stuff like that. Right after the draft, I wanted to record so bad, but busy schedules get in the way a little bit. And then, the ultimate distraction of all time, the stadium. I I wanted to record, but then it's like, no, I'm sitting in front of the TV, my eyes glued to the television, worried about the stadium, sweating that out. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today, too. But, (laughs) yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, um, sweating out the whole stadium situation. And then, as you can hear the sound of my voice, I got a little bit sick. Not that sick, but a little bit. And then, for some odd reason, my voice just did not seem to recover. Even after the sickness left, oh, several days ago, my voice is not uh, did not recover. It was really bad for a while. And then it was, like, not so bad, but still it just wouldn't seem to heal. Stuff like that. And to this day, it's still not healed completely, as you can hear. It's got a little bit worse today, believe it or not, but it's like, hey, I did all the preparation the past night or so. Get this show ready. Yeah. Enough's enough. Enough waiting. Screw that. I'm ready to record. Ready to rock and roll. (laughs) Thank you all for (laughs) bearing with me, waiting for this next episode, and thank you for bearing with me for talking about it for as long as I have already. (laughs) Yeah. Episode number 13, of course, we will finally review the draft. We're going to do the best we can to review what I believe is a pretty good draft for the Minnesota Vikings. Potentially, potentially filled a lot of holes. And those of you new listeners, by the way, this is not how my voice normally sounds. It's usually a little bit better than this. Yeah, (laughs) just a hint, but I mean, um, yeah, the... Minnesota Vikings, uh, I believe, potentially filled a lot of holes in the draft. Not everybody's going to work out because that's just there's no such thing as a perfect draft. But hopefully, 
hopefully with the new uh, man-in-charge direction that we have now, rather than men-in-charge, we have a man-in-charge, finally, and general manager Rick Spielman, promoted general manager Rick Spielman. Hopefully there is a, a sense of direction here that's uh, going to go in the right direction. Yeah. The good news is we did take the guy that I wanted for months and months and months. You listen back to the older episodes of this show, back during the regular season, even, who did I constantly talk about? I talked about Matt Khalil. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, we're going to talk about the draft and the stadium. We're also going to get into a uh, nugget at the end of the the draft talk. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Asher Allen, there, I just said it. So those of you probably know about that already. It's brief, but it's uh, strange. Yeah, it's strange. Just a little odd. Yeah, we're going to get to that at the end of the draft. Of course, then we will take a break and then get into the stadium talk. Uh, Sebastian Balls with a call-in. By way, by the way, the call-in line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you are calling in for because it's a sportsstuff.com voicemail. Uh, mention which show it is, which is, of course, Pearl Mafia. Then statement, shout-out, question, comment, whatever it is. Welcome aboard. Your voice will be with mine. Um, but yeah, this, the uh, Sebastian Balls call is stadium-related, so we are going to save it for the stadium segment. The stadium segment. Yes, the stadium's second half of the show, or whatever, second, third, of the, or third, third of the show, whatever, how long, it, whichever part is longer, who cares, right? Just the second half, yeah. We also have a, we're also going to play a, uh, at the break, we're going to play a new bumper music, um, at least for this episode, shucks. I mean, uh, Jerry Hicks, kind enough to make a very cool uh, Viking fight song remix and sent it to me on the uh, the Facebook group. Of course, the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash, uh, excuse me, yeah, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Simply go there and then click like. Uh, but yeah, he sent me a uh, he sent me the remix in the message section. Appreciate that very much, Jerry. If if you're listening, I hope you are. Uh, yeah, that will be played as the bumper music. Yeah, very very cool. I liked it. Uh, very very well done, Jerry. Very very well done. A welcome addition to the show. If if that's okay now, if <laughs> for whatever reason, Jerry, you don't want me playing it very often, let me know. Just let me know on the Facebook group. You can message again or whatever, but I'm sure you're going to, I'm sure you're probably happy to <laughs> hear it on the show, and I'm happy to hear it on the show. It's it's worthwhile, you know. Yeah, we're going to get to, of course, your comments on the Facebook page. I'm sure there's quite a few. Dan Taylor, Sebastian Balls, Chris Tuckers, and, and, and others. Very cool stadium and draft related. Of course, draft related early. We're going to try to keep things obviously related to the topics at hand. Uh, yeah, when I read the Facebook comments, I'm going to try to keep it in the correct topic, try to keep it as organized as possible. So, with no further ado, let's get on with things here. Sorry again about the too much describing things. Let's just get on with it, right? Yep, the 2012 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings, ended up trading down <clears throat> from third to fourth because there was no threat that the Cleveland Browns would take Matt Khalil. They wanted Trent Richardson. There was belief the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also wanted Trent Richardson. They were not willing to give up as much as it took. 
to get Mr. Richardson, the running back. They hope he's as good as Adrian Peterson or somebody like that. The Browns do. Um, the Vikings were able to acquire uh, additional fourth-round picks in the deal. Fourth-round pick picks, excuse me, fifth and seventh rounds from the Browns. So we had like four seventh-round picks or something. <laughs> Lots of trades in the draft like there always are. But yeah, the Vikings amass uh, a bundle of picks. Vikings still, of course, draft the left tackle, Matt Khalil. There was some belief, a small possibility the Vikings would take Morris Claiborne, maybe, maybe even Justin Blackman, but that was all laid to rest when the commissioner, Goodell, walked up to the podium and announced USC's Matt Khalil would be a Minnesota Viking, uh, much to my delight, much to my delight. I hope not too many people's chagrin out there. Uh, the Vikings finally have a left tackle of the future, and all indications are he's absolutely, positively the real deal at the left tackle position. No more Bryant McKinney. No more 80% is the best you're going to get out of the guy because he just does not care. I mean, there are too many professional athletes in today's in today's uh, generation and probably a couple generations before included in this topic that just really don't give a damn. They're really good, really talented. It's a way to make a living, right, in their eyes. But in the grand scheme of things, they just don't give a damn. I mean, look at Michael Beasley with the Timberwolves. Look at Isaiah Ryder, who used to play with the Timberwolves long, long ago. Uh, so many others. There's so many NBA, NBA, NFL, baseball, whatever, players that... In the grand scheme of things, they really don't give a damn. It's just a way to make money and look cool. Probably they look cool early on and then eventually make money. And then a combination of things also, later on in life, they really don't give a damn. Uh, Vikings Vikings will get a guy that apparently does give a damn, and that is Matt Khalil, because, well, it runs, uh, it's in his blood. As the Minnesota Wild, okay, by the way, Brave the Wild is a podcast that I do as well, sportsstuff.com on iTunes, but yeah, enough of that. don't want to piss you guys off too much with too many plugs, but <laughs> um, it's in his blood. Yeah, because there's another Khalil in the NFL who's a, who's also on the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. He's actually a pretty good player. He's a pro bowler. That's right. So now Matt Khalil comes. He's expected to be better. That's right. All experts say he is significantly better. <laughs> The younger but bigger Matt Khalil coming to the Minnesota Vikings. I couldn't be happier, folks. I couldn't be happier. I mean, we got him, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, as KFAN likes to say, uh, the, the common man Dan Cole <laughs> likes to say, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. It's a sound bite they do. Yeah, for those of you wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Very exciting deal for the Vikings. The foundation, a pillar of the foundation, not only for the franchise, I mean, th- this this episode is about pillars of the foundation of this franchise being being set. Yes, you have your left tackle, and now, ladies and gentlemen, not only do we have a left tackle, but we have a stadium as well. I mean, and it is just... Holy crap, Batman! That's pretty much about what it is. It's... <laughs> It's so amazing. I mean, I, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how awesome it is to be able to say that. We have a left tackle and a stadium. <laughs> yeah. Now you just hope we can have a franchise quarterback. 
<laughs> you just hope Christian Ponder can be that, or the Joe Webb lovers out there as well, that he can be that. We'll see. Something will happen there. But before we continue with the draft, ladies and gentlemen, yes, before we do that, yeah, I am drinking a lemon LaCroix mineral water. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Just making fun of a pod, other podcast in this town, or they like to brag about what beer they're drinking. Well, I'm drinking a lemon LaCroix mineral water. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on now very quickly. And mercifully, mercifully, excuse me. Uh, yeah, with the assets the Vikings were able to acquire in moving down one tiny little spot in the draft and still get the guy they wanted all along anyway, the Vikings were able to trade up, something they never do, and I mean never, ever, ever, ever do, trade up into the first round. Yeah, they trade up in other rounds to get certain quarterbacks with names you can't pronounce. You wonder, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't even pronounce. You couldn't even pronounce the guy's name at first, and uh, indication of how irrelevant he really was. Yeah, useless. Tavares Jackson. Yeah, Vikings traded up to get him. In this case, hopefully not as bad. <laughs> Harrison Smith, a guy that I was talking about uh, quite a bit during the previous show, oh, about six weeks ago, the uh, pre-draft show, the first ever pre-draft show for this show. Now four years in. <laughs> Due to my schedule, I have a hard time doing that. But, um, you know, during April, that is, yeah, very busy month for me every year. Um, but, yeah, Harrison Smith, a guy I talked about constantly, like hoping the Vikings were going to get him in their early second-round pick. Vikings said it, uh, all, a lot of indications were that the Patriots would take him, maybe the Giants or somebody. But, no, the Vikings were able to land Harrison Smith in a trade-up to the 29th pick. Lots of experts complaining about this one, thinking, boy, what a stretch. What a stretch. Are you serious? Did they really do this? Yeah, they did it. And, um, well, I like it, personally. Um, It's a lot of belief that uh, Mr. Smith will be a uh, starting strong safety right away for the Minnesota Vikings. Good thing, bad thing, don't know. I think it will be, I think it will work out just fine. Trying to look at the complaint here, but no, there's nothing, nothing of it. Um, yeah, people just uh, were not all too <laughs> experts, just not all too excited about the uh, the acquisition. Unfortunately, I don't really know why. To be honest, I really don't uh, honestly why know why the experts were so negative. He was a captain for the uh, Notre Dame Fire. Fighting Irish. In fact, he was the captain of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be good. He's going to have a uh, very nice NFL career, I believe, personally. We'll just have to see where things go. But um, very, very happy with with that pick as well. I mean, there, there it is. Hopefully, your strong safety of the future. I mean, again, you never really do know until things uh, pan out. I mean, people pan out one way or another. You just hope it's in a positive end of things. Unfortunately, the Vikings have not had very much success in trade-ups in the past. You know, they traded up to get, uh, what was his name? Oh, I forget his first name. Uh, Something Kelly. He was a cornerback. Why am I forgetting his name? (laughs) Maybe he was just so irrelevant, right? (laughs) But no, he was a well-known guy. Uh, Mike Tice regime traded up to get, or no, it was the Dennis Green regime. Traded up to get this guy named 
something Kelly from Kentucky, a cornerback who was just horrendous. Mike Tice actually cut him, so yeah, there we go. Mike Tice straight up said the guy can't play. I think it was Eric Kelly. Guy was just yeah, he was he was completely useless. We created up in the second round to get him, I believe, if it was second or early third, something like that. Terrible. But uh, Harrison Smith, hey, I'm very happy with it. A lot of people did want him to be a part of this team, and the Vikings were able to get him. Uh, unfortunately, well, no more second-round pick for the Vikings, but whatever. That's just how it goes. Um, some people were hoping the Vikings would get a second, second-round pick, but that just obviously didn't happen. So there's a long stretch of, of waiting for a while there for the Vikings from first to third round on to the fourth. The Vikings had four, three fourth-round picks. At one point, they had uh, four seventh-round picks. Those were traded around all over the place. Yeah, we'll just kind of leave that as is. Don't need to go too heavy into detail about some of that. Those are just kind of, yeah, fodder, you could say, in the trade, in the, in, the, in the draft, that is. But, yeah, so as we slide all the way down to the 66th pick, the Vikings were able to land Josh Robinson, looked on as the fastest guy in the draft, ladies and gentlemen. He's a cornerback, of course, comes from the UCF Knights school. I'm not all too, uh, yeah, not quite as, uh, not quite as familiar with as other schools, I'll, I'll admit. The UCF Knights, yeah. Who? Yeah, okay. Anyhow, it also shows that I'm not the biggest college football fan. I don't know all the obscure schools that well, and yeah. <laughs> but Josh Robinson, in all indications, are the guy is the it's as speedy as they get. Uh, yeah, a decent college career as well. I mean, obviously. Lots of the experts very actually happy with this pick. Josh Robinson looked on as a... Uh, believe it or not, ha has a legitimate chance to start. Sources inside the Vikings, obviously, and, you know, the coaches and all that. The guy does have a legitimate chance to start at cornerback. The question is, well, because of uh, Antoine Winfield's um, age, Chris Cook, a lot of people see him as a potential starter, but you never know. Well, Asher Allen was never going to start anyway. He was just a depth guy. Maybe that's why he quit. Maybe he figured it's just not fun. Yeah, maybe that's why he stunk. Maybe he really didn't love the sport very much. Yeah, we'll get back to Asher in a second. Um, and of course, the uh, departure of the wonderful, awesome Cedric Griffin. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, the only thing is, yeah, we acquired those other two cornerbacks as well. I uh, was at like Chris Carr and the other one escaping me right now, but we'll get to him in a second. Uh, there, there's definitely depth <laughs> at cornerback right now. The question is, can any of them play? I hope so. But a lot of people are very excited about Josh Robinson. Does have that speed. Can pick off a, a person here and there at times. And, of course, when you have speed like that, you do get an interception and you have any type of a... Uh, <laughs> A hole, and you, you obviously could be gone. That'd be very, very exciting if that were to take place. Marcus Sherrill's not looked on as a full-time starter for anybody, but he does have some, uh, obviously still has the uh, special teams ability. You got it like that. Yeah, sure, sure you do, right? Uh, Zach Bowman, the other addition. That's how uh, Zach Bowman, the other cornerback acquired in the uh, free agency. Maybe really just... <laughs> In the end, the, the Bowmans and the Chris Cars might be just depth moves. Who knows? Maybe they'll get cut. Maybe one of them will get cut. I mean, that's not the first time that's happened that you bring in a veteran from another team and they just don't make it. Like, they just stink. 
They don't have it. They're gone. Josh Robertson will definitely not be cut. Uh, the Vikings did cut a fifth-round pick a few years ago named Nate Triplett, line, uh, linebacker from University of Minnesota. That was cute. In fact, that may have been the most recent draft, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2011, but that was a bit disappointing. The Vikings reached to take him in the fifth round and cut him. Great. Great drafting. <laughs> yeah, really nice drafting there. But, uh, yeah, Josh Robinson, a lot of people excited about it, and understandably. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, though. Uh, a pick that could be more exciting, maybe, maybe, we'll see. It's Jarius Wright, the defensive Vikings select all the way down to the, now we go down all the way down to the fourth round. Several picks later, about 60 picks later, from 66 to 118. The Vikings do take a couple of Arkansas wide receivers. Boy, I mean, people really wanted... There were so many, there were receivers floating around down there, but once the Vikings got Harrison Smith, that was in the late first round, of course. For late first round, early second, the Vikings never did trade up to get him. Uh, was it Reuben Robinson, I believe? Uh, not, um, just could not get him. Vikings just yeah, did not end up getting him, and that's just one of those things. There were multiple, multiple receivers floating around there. No trade up. The Vikings end up just taking Josh Robinson and moving on. And they do end up getting, again, as I mentioned, two Arkansas receivers in the fourth round and a tight end named Rhett Ellison. <laughs> That's an interesting move. But first, get to Jarius Wright here. Let's just, yeah, before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Jarius Wright's numbers continued to increase during the course of his collegiate career. Of course, he did go all the way and graduate four years of college at Arkansas. Um, the team got better each year as well, by the way, which is kind of funny. But, uh, a extremely strong senior season by Jarius Wright. Undersized guy at 5'10", which has a lot of people wondering, well, don't we have Percy Harvin already? Don't we have another one of those underneath type guys? Okay. Though a lot of people do, uh, I guess, Jarius Wright is looked on as a guy that you can throw deep to on the sidelines, believe it or not, despite the fact he's only 5'10". To me, that's always been an issue. You, how can you make sideline plays with a guy that's so undersized? He's just He's as big as a small cornerback, you know. I mean, you can't really, there's not much reach, you know. But I guess Jarius Wright's a guy you can do that with because of his immense speed. So it seems like this draft has been focused on protection, <laughs> speed, and, of course, the secondary. The secondary and speed. Protection, the secondary and speed. Yep. And, um, okay, we'll we'll take it. Jarius Wright looked on as a speed guy. Eclipsed 1,100 yards and had 12 receiving touchdowns with the Arizona, or excuse me, Arizona. Okay, wake up, Joey. Arkansas Razorbacks. Again, bear with me with this annoying voice right now. Annoying sounding, you know, not not 100% voice. It's, I don't know when it's going to get better, and I need to record before this is like, you know, like last year's draft, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, hey, I mean, I like the move. A lot of people do. One of those guys who he, he was ranked very high in the in those overall uh, pre-draft mocks or whatever mock drafts ranked a lot higher than he was taken. Does that mean anything? Um, maybe we'll see. But a guy that was ranked a lot lower. In fact, a lot of people actually saw this guy possibly not being drafted. USC teammate of Matt Khalil, <laughs> Rhett Ellison, which. Eh, a lot of people see this as like, what, what were they thinking? What kind of reach is this? But then all indications come back. 
with, of course, USC's Red Ellison is a tight end, six foot five, two fifty. Well, you come back to it right away, though, and it's like you know, to quote a really annoying cliche that no, that a lot of general managers like to use in many sports. Red Ellison is a football player. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's absolutely a football player. He's an outstanding blocking tight end, which will uh, replace Jimmy Kleinsasser. I mean, this is absolutely a replace Jimmy Kleinsasser type of move, but he's also a legitimate receiving tight end. Now, excuse me, his collegiate numbers don't necessarily reflect that, but scouting reports and, of course, the training camp as well, they've been amazed, you know, training camp, OTAs, excuse me, which have been going on right now, and, of course, the early rookie camps and all that, all indications are this guy is a legitimate receiving tight end as well. So not only is he a great <clears throat> blocker, but he's he's also a receiving tight end. So another tight end in the mix? Yeah, I guess. Huh. You got John Carlson, you got Kyle Rudolph, and you got Red Ellison. Good stuff, and all of them will see significant action with this Minnesota Viking team in the future. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see how things go, but obviously next year the the first two guys I mentioned absolutely will. But Red Ellison, I think he will as well. You're going to be hearing the name Red Ellison a lot, I think. Not necessarily on making good catches, but on making big blocks and getting lots of playing time. I, Red Ellison's going to be on the football field an awful lot, and um, yeah, it's a good draft pick. I mean, Quite honestly, I will be surprised if Red Ellison turns out to be a miss. You know how they say that's a term in the draft, obviously. A miss. I think Red Ellison was a hit. I think the Vikings hit something here with Red Ellison, believe it or not, despite the fact, uh, again, a lot of experts are like, this guy could have easily been a, could have easily dropped to the sixth, seventh round, maybe even been one of those classic, uh, you know, undrafted signings. Well, I think he'd have been an unbelievable undrafted signing out there. Yeah, if if that ended up being the case for somebody. It's going to be a... Uh, again, you, you come back to the whole protect the quarterback angle. Matt Khalil, Red Ellison, funny how both of them came from USC. Seems to be a lot of team going on here. The USC and Notre Dame, teams like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, a pick that I... Do not complain about it all. I can't complain about it at all. I, I can't. Those of you out there, hey, you're always welcome to complain about it. And I'll get to the Facebook group comments as well. I'm, I'm just going to kind of go through this quickly here. Greg Childs, especially as we get further down, I'm going to have less to say about the guys. Uh, the kicker is the next guy I'm really going to talk about. Um, Greg Childs, though, this is a potential sleeper, of course. The guy much larger than Jarius Wright. Six foot three, two thirteen. Greg Childs, a lot of guys look at this young man, or older young man now, because he gra- he's, yeah, he's a college graduate, whatever, four years in Arkansas. Uh, obviously damaged goods in terms of, well, yeah, he was hurt over the course of time, a shoulder injury. His senior year, not very productive, only 240 yards, no touchdowns, of course. Earlier in his career, all the way back to his sophomore year, almost a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. A year after that, about seven hundred and six. But and in only eight games, so that's uh, when the injury bug started to bite him. And of course, last year, very ineffective, un- unimpressive senior year because of the injury. But a lot of people saw Greg Childs 
uh, during his, you know, early to middle collegiate career as a legitimate potential first round wide receiver prospect in the National Football League. This guy could be something very legit long term. So the Vikings, was it Ruben Randall? That's what I'm thinking about. Excuse me about the error earlier. Ruben Randall, not Ruben Robinson. Too many R's here. But uh, Ruben Randall was a guy a lot of people wish the Vikings could have gotten. And, and others that are escaping me right now. It's not really important because they're not on the team. I'm here to review who the Vikings got more than they didn't get, I guess, at this point. Um, but, hey, it's one of those deals where, yeah, you missed out on the other guys. Maybe you wound up with something something here in Greg Childs. Maybe. Maybe he could end up being as productive or more than those other guys that were floating around in the late first round, early second round that you weren't able to get because of the Harrison Smith act acquisition in that 29th pick. Um, could he be that guy? Could Greg Childs be that guy? I hope so. In the in the rookie camp, people not very, not too pleased with the, uh, the early going, early going that he looked slow and wasn't really doing much. Wasn't catching the ball either. Not running routes that great. So, we'll see. I mean, it, maybe it's just a bad rookie camp. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you can't judge everything on a rookie camp. Matt Kalia looked like what you'd expect. Yeah, we'll just leave that where leave that as is. But mm, the sleeper of the draft, mm, hopefully, hopefully, though, Red Ellison could be that guy as well. Greg Childs, though, yeah, I mean, I I really hope so. I really hope so because you come out of the draft wincing a little bit. Jarius Wright was looked on to be a lot higher pick than he was, but he slipped for a reason, I guess. I mean. Obviously, the undersized and such could end up being a stud, though. Obviously, because of his uh, him and Josh Robinson could be major special teams uh, pieces as well. Especially Josh Robinson, who's yeah as fast as they come, the fastest player in the draft by all indications. Again, speed, secondary, and blocking—that's been the focus of this draft. And I talk about that on the Facebook group as well. Those of you that go on there. Um, Robert Blanton, that's another guy that uh, could end up being a wonderful addition. Really a good <laughs> cornerback for Notre Dame, from Notre Dame, and a teammate of of Ellison's as well. Excuse me, Ellison's, a teammate of Harrison's. He, it's this, yeah, names are getting kind of similar and they're driving me crazy. But uh, a very decent career by Robert Blanton. He got, he got some interceptions over the course of his career. He's more of a ball hawk than uh, than other cornerbacks and other safeties have been for this team over the years. Looked on as possible. Uh, he, he was a cornerback, of course, in college. They're expecting him to become a free safety in the National Football League. The Vikings could use one. They have a strong safety in Harrison Smith. Maybe it's Robert Blanton. A little bit of fighting Irish. <laughs> Secondary fighting Irish safeties. It's kind of funny how they came from the same college and were in the same draft. Kind of funny. We'll see. I mean, it, it might be a little stre- bit of a stretch thinking that a fifth-round pick is going to be your starting free safety right out of the gate. But it also does tell you that, uh, yeah, maybe it's not a reach when your safeties were as bad as they were last year. Demarcus Stanford can hit people hard, but, yeah, sometimes he doesn't hit the right guy. Yeah, as D.J. Uh, Henderson, who, by the way, is still a free agent, uh, learned the hard way a couple of years back back in good old 09 when the Vikings were a good team. But uh, Robert Blanton, yeah, he's got some ball-hawking ability. 
which is something this secondary desperately needs. Ball hawking, of course, meaning forcing turnovers. Could could end up being a good pick. Who knows? I mean, we've had <laughs> a lot of our uh, later picks in the uh, a lot of our later picks, even just third round on in the secondary, have not panned out to diddly over the years for the Minnesota Vikings. Unfortunately, the only hope we have had over the course of time has been really early picks or free agency at the position or. God knows, you know, some undrafted type of deal, which is just flat getting lucky most of the time. <laughs> we'll see how things go. I hope it works out. It's just, it's, it's all you can do. So now for the, uh, well, the sixth round again. Vikings seem to strike gold in the sixth round on occasion, especially at the center position. They took Matt Burke in the sixth round in 98. He ended up having a fantastic career. The Vikings took John Sullivan in 2008. And now he's the starting center. That was, of course, sixth round as well. Both uh, took over the center spot over the course of time. And, yeah, John Sullivan's looked on as a very good, one of the better centers in football now. After a few years of learning under a, another good center, you had Jeff Christie, who was a pro bowler, replaced by Matt Burke, who became a pro bowler, replaced by John Sullivan, who may become a pro bowler. And now, well, Blair Walsh. A kicker out of Georgia may replace a Pro Bowl kicker in Ryan Longwell. At the time, it was like the Vikings took a kicker. They took a kicker. Really? Okay. I'm not sure how to what to make of this. They took a kicker. Huh. Well, we'll just see how this goes, I guess. <laughs> Next thing you know, was it two or three weeks later, Vikings released Ryan Longwell. Oh my god! A extremely surprising move. The Vikings really did play. There was a method to the madness. Blair Walsh was not picked to, to be competition for Ryan Longwell. He was picked to replace Ryan Longwell. He had an extremely good season as a, as a uh, junior, but as a sophomore, he, he made about 60% of his kicks. Uh, that's not very good. So we're going to have to hope and pray that things can change a little bit in that category. There have been a lot of college kickers with a lot of success that have had horrible uh, senior years in the past and went on to have very, very good NFL careers. We'll hope, well, I guess we're going to have to hope that Blair Walsh is one of them. Not sure what to, not sure what to make of it. The uh, Fort Lauderdale native Blair Walsh. We'll see what happens. Georgia Bulldog, of course, kicker. We'll see. I'm <laughs> Another one of those picks. Yeah, hope it works out. I mean, this is a little bit different than uh, Robert Blaine wouldn't necessarily be replacing a Hall of Famer. Blair Walsh might be. I mean, maybe Ryan Longwell is. I don't know. Maybe. He was a great kicker, I think. The best Viking kicker that I've seen over the course of time. There's others, of course. Gary Anderson. The Vikings have had a pretty nice history of the kicker position. Because you had Fred Cox forever, way back in the day. Way, way back in the day, he had Fodder Vez, who was very, very good. Gary Anderson, who was very, very, very good. Even had Morton Anderson for a year or two, who was eh, who was okay. <laughs> but the much better uh, Ryan Longwell, I think. Of course, we had struggled at kicker for a while after that, or before Ryan Longwell, but once we got him, it was great. Now we'll see if Blair Walls can do it. Um, the last time the Vikings took a kicker in the draft, it was a guy by the name of Eddie Johnson, who was a punter. 
who his second year in the NFL was cut and never seen again. Great. So we'll see what happens to Blair Walsh. Will he be the next guy in that category? Gosh, you know the name, just the name Blair Walsh sounds like the kind of sounds like the kind of guy you're gonna be hearing that name for a long time. And I hope I hope that ends up being the case. The last two picks, Adi Cole, Trevor Guyton, we'll see. Linebacker Adi Cole, people like him a lot. We'll see what happens. Trevor Guyton, who knows? It's just those are seventh round picks. They're gonna be fighting for a roster spot. They're gonna uh, is it special teams, is it a long term addition? Who knows? We're just gonna have to let that play out. Let's get to your comments on the Facebook page. Yes, or fa- yeah, Facebook page again. Uh, there's also a Twitter account. Do give it a follow. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So now Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. There we go. Sebastian Ball's comments on episode number 12. He says, best off-season show ever done by Joey. Congrats. So thank you very much, Sebastian. Very appreciated. We'll get to your call very soon, Sebastian, as you know. We're at stadium time. But let's get to these all these comments here. Dan Taylor says it's nearly draft time, and all the rumors are that the Vikes want Claiborne over Khalil. For me, I only want one of those two players in the first round, and there should be absolutely no trading down unless we swap with the Bucks at five so they can get Richardson, and we still get one of those guys I mentioned. Trading down and getting more picks is nice. But we already have a team of plenty of mediocre, yeah, mediocre guys. We need a few more special talents. And, uh, well, 110% agree with what Dan Taylor had to say there. I mean, it's just so true. It's so true. I can't believe I didn't click like on it, so I'm doing it right now. Dan Taylor's probably going to be wondering, what the heck? You click like on something that's about a month old? Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> and, yeah, that's 100% agreement. I mean, you need stars. There's too many mediocre players in this team. You know, guys you could take, like the Chris Cooks and stuff. Maybe Chris Cook will be better, but to date, mediocre. Um, you know, guys you could take later in the first round then end up doing a whole lot of, eh, you know. I mean, it's about time you get one of those superstars. And, of course, the Vikings did take that guy, I believe, in Matt Khalil. Dan Taylor says, well, I was almost right in his <laughs> after the draft. Sebastian Balls says, drafted down one. And got a third, and a third from from Cleveland, badass. <laughs> Sebastian Ball says, my bad, four, five, and seven. Yep, it was four, five, and seven. Dan Taylor says, absolutely got something for nothing there. Spielman deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, a lot of people really like that trade. Uh, a lot of experts saying Spielman did a great job in this first draft, and I, I agree. I think he did pretty well. I'm uh, very, very optimistic after the 2012 draft, by the way. Doesn't necessarily mean the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl, but we need a couple more decent drafts like this one, and you might really have something hardcore legit here. Yeah. Stephen Hill was the other receiver that we were talking about over the course of time, yes. A lot of people really liked him. Minitron, that was one of the names that I couldn't get because it's been about a month since I really (laughs) paid attention to those guys because, well, we didn't get them, and it's like, whatever, disappointment, move on. Uh, Brent Jacobson, was also talking about the trade there. He posted uh, what the ESPN was discussing, the uh, rumor that became fact. Dan Taylor says we just traded up first round attack Harrison Smith. So these were, of course, during the draft. Very, very cool indeed. I was very excited about it. Chris Tucker weighs in on that and says, I like the pick, but still think I, I like Janoris Jenkins ahead of him. 
but hey, starting safety and left tackle and essentially left guard, because, yep, Charles Johnson moves inside to his natural position. And one day, no complaints. Now, if we can try to get back into the second round again, and oh, I wish the Vikings did. I made a comment about, boy, I'd be thrilled if we traded up for Stephen Hill. Not, yep, just did not happen. Not the case, unfortunately. That would have made the draft just absolutely sick and phenomenal. Though, of course, we probably wouldn't have gotten Josh Robinson. So we'll see what happens. Maybe is Josh Robinson the pick of the century? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <coughs> Excuse me. Sebastian Balls says that Johnson, cornerback from CF, sounds like we're trying to cement the gaps. Um, he meant Robinson. I think he got confused because of Josh Robinson. I made a comment to him about that. Yeah, and he's okay with it. Yep. Yeah, cementing the gaps. That's what the Vikings were. Uh, yeah, that's what this whole draft is about, cementing the gaps and hopefully taking the best players available as well. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Sebastian asking a comment, how many more DBs should we get? And it's, well, we got a lot. Yep, safety was the, something I wanted the most, and Vikings did get two safeties. Seating Bill on the floor Sunday, Sebastian throws in. I believe that might be all the drafts here. Nope, 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 Dan Taylor. We'll leave that stadium bill thing for... That's just kind of... He was just asking a question, so we'll pass on that one. Uh, Dan Taylor says we'll probably write more later, but here's some quick thoughts on the late rounds. Wright and Childress from Arkansas give us a tall outside receiver and a quick slot guy. Yep, another slot guy, but hey, it could be really good. Could see them as four and five behind Harvin. Simpson and Jenkins slash Roma should do. Of course, that being Michael Jenkins... Ellison is our new Klein-Sasser type. Yes, you're right, Dan. <laughs> Which is important because Carlson and Rudolph are much more suited at two-pass catching. Blanton will probably be a backup safety, but we knew, but we do need depth there. Cole that, that will probably be the backup middle linebacker and used around the goal line. Walsh, the kicker, will push Longwell in camp, and unfortunately he pushed him out of here. <laughs> That's me jumping in, by the way. But uh, I don't think he makes the team. Ooh. Oh. Dan Taylor missed on that one a little bit. But, hey, I think we all did. <laughs> I didn't know about Walsh either. I think when Longwell goes, we'll just get a free agent. And finally, Guyton will be more defensive in depth and was in Mayock's top 100 and consensus top 120. We got him at 219. Yeah, that's a very cool, very cool thought there by Dan Taylor. He says, overall, I'm really pleased with this draft. The O-line and secondary have had big improvements, and Ponder has some new targets. Eight and eight, here we come. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, very good. Dan Taylor's always uh awesome, awesome poster. I always has some really good stuff to say. Thank you very, uh, thank you always, Dan Taylor, for that. Never stop posting on this page, Dan. Never, never stop. Because not only does he have a lot of good things to say, but hey, he, he get, comes up with some pretty cool stuff as well. Stuff that I might miss. And uh, yeah, that, that 120 to 219 deal, very cool. Very, very, very cool indeed. I believe now it is, uh, yeah, there are no more posts about the draft. We'll get, yeah, we'll just uh, move on from there. So with that, uh, yeah. I'll have some quick final thoughts on the draft. I think the Vikings did a very good job, yes. I th- I do believe that, uh, and I'm not trying to just sound like a homer and sound like a sheep, because if you listen to previous Purple Mafia shows, 
you know, the previous 112, I'm hardly a homer. In fact, I've had several complaints in the past, not several complaints, but some complaints in the past by certain trolls out there. And not everybody that complains is a troll, but some that just complain to complain are, because <laughs> that's all they want to do is complain about everything. But, um, yeah, they think I'm too hard on the team, too negative at times. And then I was doing that, and they were doing that in 2008, because I was not pleased with the, with that team. No, I was not pleased with the 2008 Vikings at all. I thought they were the weakest division champion I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, you saw a 9-7 and seven Giants team win a Super Bowl. That 10-6 and six Vikings team wouldn't win a Super Bowl if their life depended on it, and it was plain as day, namely because of the starting quarterback. But no, as saying, to the point is that... Uh, yeah, I'm not riding the coattails of the Minnesota Vikings in any way when I come on this show at all. And I hope the listeners appreciate that coming in here. Some people want that, but I'm sometimes I some hey, I mean I'm gonna be optimistic at times as well. I'm gonna be optimistic and negative. Because there's always reasons to be both. After this draft, I see a reason to be optimistic. I like the fact that the Minnesota Vikings did fill holes. I like the fact that there may be potential sleepers in this draft. I like the fact that, hey, you took guys. You did wait on some of them and let them slide to you, like the Greg Childs, potentially. Jerry is right, I think, even more so in that case. Uh, You got talent here. Now, Josh Robinson has talent. He has an explosive ability. You have a guy like Planton who can get turnovers. You have the best offensive lineman to come to this team since God knows who. Maybe Randall McDaniel. Maybe even Ron Yeri. <laughs> Legendary Ron Yeri back in the day. I hope. That'd be cool, though. Because Ron Yeri played in Super Bowls. He was unbelievable. Kirk Loudermilk. No. <laughs> yeah, he was a center back in the day. You know, back before my time. But obviously, you know, I read history. I follow history. I'm. That's why I'm behind the mic to talk about this team. Because I care about the history of this team very much. I think it's phenomenal history. The Met Stadium era. In fact, it's the best history of the, of the team, of course. Is this, Yeah, the Met Stadium era. But, um... I believe... Ah, bouncing around here, but I, I, I'm very optimistic coming into this draft. Harrison Smith, there's... Mm, he may have some coverage issues. We'll see. Partially, you know, that's what they say about Blanton as well. Blanton even more so. That's why he's a fifth-round pick. But, again, that's also why he's going to go from cornerback to safety. Safeties don't cover guys one-on-one as much as cornerbacks. I mean, cornerbacks have to guard a guy one-on-one. They have no choice. If they can't, they're done. They're going to get killed. Like a guy by the name of Asher Allen, who I'm almost forgetting to talk about here before we go to break. (laughs) Yeah, Asher Allen. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Yep, happy trails, Asher. But, uh, yeah, it's... When you move a guy to yeah like that to safety, they could be more successful in this league. We'll see. I hope it happens. Blanjan obviously will be a safety. Dan Taylor mentioning he will be a backup in this league. And, yeah, on a legitimate football team, that's probably what is going to be. It's just, when you bring it up that he has a chance to start, it's just, yeah, because, well, the Vikings didn't have any, haven't reacquired Abdullah for whatever reason. Obviously, he was hurt. Jamarcus Sanford, I'm not sure who he can guard. I'm not sure if he could guard anybody. 
Uh, same thing with Mr. Bill Raymond, who a lot of people had a lot of steam on during uh, training camp last year. But there's how many guys come into training camp, look like they're going to be a Hall of Famer, and they end up being, a, uh, well, they end up being yesterday's news within a couple weeks. Mr. Raymond's still on the roster. He, uh, his coverage was Cedric Griffin-like. Yeah, Cedric Griffin post-ACLs-like. It was, huh, it was, it was roll out the red carpet. Here's your, t- here's your lane to a touchdown, buddy. That's how good his defense was last year. So, yeah, that's why a guy like Robert Blanton has a chance to start for this team. Yeah, because there's not much competition. No, there isn't. And, uh, hey, that also does show, hey, <laughs> they improved. <laughs> if a guy has a legit chance to take over for some of these other guys, then I guess that's a improvement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harrison Smith, obviously, is a massive improvement over the other guys. If he's not, then it's a horrendous pick. We'll leave it at that. Matt Khalil, again, closing with him. What more What more can you say? What more can you say? It's uh, it's thrilling. It's not it's not the uh, it's not Randy Moss. It's not mm, it's not Matt Ryan. You know, starting quarterback like who could be who could take this? Who's like unbelievable? It's not like the next Drew Brees, but it's a guy who could make the next help next help somebody become the next Drew Brees rather than the next Rex Grossman because the guy will have more confidence, and hopefully that guy is Christian Ponder. Or Joe Webb, <laughs> who will be competing hardcore for the starting quarterback job come late July, early August. So before we go to break, before we go to break, we get the final topic of this segment. Vikings cornerback Asher Allen abruptly retires at age 24. Of course, multiple sources um, could be cited for this Star Tribune, but overall John Krasinski John Krawzinski, we could call him Craw if we want to, <laughs> of Yahoo Sports, one of the better columnists out there. John Krasinski often is heard on Dan Barrero and KFAN. Another great show, by the way. Not that he needs me to plug him, just mentioning it. Um, Frazier's comment, Leslie Frazier's comment says, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that was after Frazier held an op- uh, optional practice. Everybody has to make decisions that they think are best for them. Frazier continues saying, he will talk about it more at some point. He explained to me that this is something he wanted to do, and he had given it a lot of thought, and that, and that is what he wanted to do. So, well, okay, that's that's great. <laughs> a lot of people said that he wasn't expect, or yeah, they, Allen uh, wasn't expected to compete for a starting position this season with the Vikings, but the physical cornerback was being counted on to play some nickel and dime packages, especially. Early, well, rookie Joshua Robinson got up to speed. Allen did start 21 games in his three-year career, including nine starts as he filled in for the injured Antoine Winfield and the suspended Chris Cook. And, yeah, we saw a pretty lousy secondary last year, didn't we? So that's probably why he retired, huh? (laughs) Frazier concludes this year with saying, we want depth, we want competition in the secondary. And he definitely helped to provide that, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but that opens up another spot, and we'll continue to comb the waiver wire. I know that General Manager Rick Spielman and his staff are doing are doing that, and we'll try to see what they'll have by training camp. 
Well, the Vikings, yeah, so that concludes that. Uh, the Vikings did add other cornerbacks as well. I don't know how many open spots there are, but, yeah, I guess bring in a guy from the waiver wire, I suppose. Hmm. I guess. I mean, <laughs> Asher Allen, though, to me, a third-round pick with a lot of pop, a guy who could really knock people around in college, <laughs> mostly in college, for a, a guy to be taken in the third round to wind up being what he is. That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, when I was saying about a lot of cornerbacks, third round and down, that the Vikings have taken. Sec- members of the secondary, Eric Kelly is in such. Virtually none of them have worked out. And uh, Asher Allen is absolutely, positively a <laughs> and a hardcore example of that. I mean, the guy the guy was just, you know, I mean... I got. I, I mean, I got. I, I had no confidence in him pretty much from day one. After seeing him in a in a purple jersey, playing in in real football games, regular season football, the guy never once to me showed that he really truly belonged in the NFL. And I, maybe that's part of the reason why he quit because he just he had no confidence in himself. Didn't didn't really maybe he didn't love this maybe he really didn't love the sport. Who knows. He sure was brash and cocky, though, coming in. Yes, he was, saying that he could really knock people around and um, put put big hits on Adrian Peterson and such in college. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever. Let's see you do it in the NFL. Oh, that's right. We didn't. So, happy trails to Asher Allen. Best of luck in your future. A sincere, a sincere best of luck in your, in your future endeavors, Asher Allen. At least you have some collegiate experience, I suppose, in areas that you studied that I have no idea what they are. Good luck in that. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he wants just wants to do something else. I mean, obviously the guy wasn't cutting it in the NFL, and that's part of it. So, again, good luck to Asher Allen. And with that, we will take a quick break. And this, uh, <laughs> and this again, this awesome remix, thanks to... Jerry Hicks. win this game. Skull Vikings honor your name. Go get their first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, sock them. Fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. V-I-K-I-N-G-S. Skull Vikings, let's go. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor Thank you for that, Jerry Hicks. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 113, which is a reminder 
for all iPod users, Microsoft Zune and others. Yeah, I'm going to have to replace my iPod because, yeah, it's getting kind of bad. But, uh, yeah, enough of that. Thank you again, Jerry Hicks. That was fantastic. And that is a song that a lot of us absolutely have ringing in our heads right now because, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings absolutely positively are hurdle-free. They're, they have a new stadium with absolutely no hurdles whatsoever remaining. The Minnesota Vikings will play in a new stadium in 2016. The excitement is off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. Off the charts. Minnesota Vikings will play in a new stadium in 2016. And now to join us in the celebration and uh, to speak for many, many, many Viking fans out there, we now join Sebastian Balls. Enjoy, Sebastian. I can't believe we've done it. Through all the crappy politics we've had over the years, sending teams to different states, we have finally done it. We, the Minnesota Vikings fans and the Minnesota Vikings, have a new stadium sooner enough. I can't believe we actually passed the bill for that stadium. And, like, I had doubts even being optimistic about this. I mean, like, I followed this day in and day out as much as I could. And I didn't think this was going to pass, but I am so overwhelmed right now. I can't believe we've done it. Uh, Time for some big-name players to come here, finally, I hope. Build up a team, take a team to a Super Bowl, host a Super Bowl, that would be awesome. Now that I'm old enough to actually see one, you know, like I wasn't around for the other time we hosted one in the Dome, which I heard is pretty terrible. But I can't believe we've done it. We are the Viking fans and Viking Nation. We'll have ourselves a state-of-the-art Dome or stadium, I guess you could say. I, I'm I'm just so pumped up. Thanks for calling. Thanks for letting me call, Joy. And thank you so much, Sebastian, for calling in. I mean, all the pleasure is mine for having you call into this show. And those of you out there uh, as well, again, as mentioned before, please do call in, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. All right, enough of that. Uh, thank you. Well, not not enough, but yeah. <laughs> thank you again, Sebastian Balls. And wasn't that magnificent? You know, I mean, that's exactly my feeling. I mean, it's really nice to hear such passion, such absolute joy for what took place. Just what, for what took place over the past month or so. I mean, it, it's over. It's really over, ladies and gentlemen. The Minnesota Vikings will have a new stadium in 2016. I, I just can't believe how wonderful it is. We no longer have to sweat this out. Years and years and years and years of frustration and fear. We're talking 1997, ladies and gentlemen. Sebastian, yeah, was pretty young back then. And I won't say anymore, but yeah, he was just pretty young at that point in time. Um, Shucks, I was still finishing up high school at the time, ladies and gentlemen. 97, 98, my senior year in high school. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Do do the math, right? That's uh, unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Uh, Sebastian Ball is commenting on the Facebook um, page. He says, uh, Joe Atkins from Minnesota State Representative did say, this was live from the House floor back in May 7th. Stadium prediction with changes made on the House floor. I believe the Vikings stadium proposal 
will pass with about 75 votes this evening. 68 are needed for the passage. I believe, yeah, in the end, it ended up being 73, I believe. But regardless, regardless, it got done. It got done. That was the biggest part. I mean, just ridiculously awesome. It really was. It really was. Um, yeah, there were all kinds of hurdles, things that got scary. Uh, yeah, in the end, the Vikings uh, had to agree to an additional $50 million in the final, final, you know, committee. There was the first House vote, which that uh, was the first positive one right there that he was talking about, Sebastian was. Then it went to the Senate, which when things got really kind of weird and crazy. Yeah, things got weird and crazy in that one. I got, I started freaking out. I was saying some kind of uh, very animated stuff on Twitter, let's just say, and I apologize for that. Those of you out there that may have seen it, I was getting a little animated because I was going crazy. You know, that was why I wasn't recording the show because I was too busy sweating that crap out. I mean, I was freaking out when I heard about the referendum. And I know I don't want to take the the, peep, the, hand, the the people's ability to vote away from them, but at the same time, Ladies and gentlemen, every single time there's a referendum for a stadium, it fails every single bleeping time because there is too much class warfare out there, and that kind of stuff riles me up so much. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm not a big fan of the fancy-dancy, ritzy type either. I'm not. If you get to know me, you'll figure that out real quick. But this isn't about the fancy-dancy, ritzy type. This is about having the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. That's right. Not the L.A. Vikings. No. We don't want that. We don't need that. Um, you know, I, I can't handle that. I don't think anybody can. And I just hate, and I hate, the attitude a lot of people continue to have about sports are so um, Sports just aren't important. Why should we have to pay for it? Well, in the end, really, in the end of this deal, they really aren't having to pay for it. Not, you know, I mean, most people aren't having to pay for this. It's not a Hennepin County sales tax increase like the Twin Stadium, which I think people are bitching, bitching way too much about as well. I mean, maybe it costs you a couple of dollars a year more just to buy random stuff like cheeseburgers or whatever in Hennepin County. Cheeseburgers or, or whatever. I mean, I know it applies to everything. But we're talking like one penny, two pennies, three pennies, four pennies here and there. We're not talking about you got to have a monthly payment of 19.95 every month going to the Twin Stadium or Viking Stadium. And people were acting like that was the case. Like my god, I got bills to pay. You know, people were acting like 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 that we were being robbed, like there's some type of conspiracy here and people were really were acting like it was the Vikings one. Ladies and gentlemen, you want something you want a conspiracy to complain about and to bitch about and to, and to raise hell about and, and protest and sh- show up at stupid, I mean, yeah, show up at government meetings acting like it's the end of the world. Do that about the Federal Reserve. Not about the Viking Stadium. Okay? Even do that about the income tax in general. Do that about those. Yeah. Do that about those. Again, research more about the Federal Reserve out there, ladies and gentlemen, if you want something to complain about, something that needs to be addressed. Talk about the Federal Reserve, not about the Minnesota Vikings Stadium. Which, of course, yep, the Vikings did agree to an extra $50 million. Of course, again, as mentioned, that was uh, the Senate and House redeals that had to go to committee and such. In the end, the Vikings did agree to it. 
which was like kind of the final nail in the coffin to the uh, stadium opposers. <laughs> Thank God. It was going to be 427 coming from the team and uh, nearly four, about 408, I believe. No, 498, 398 coming out of the state. And the end, it ended up being 477 from the team. And the NFL is part of that. The NFL is contributing it as well. 477, um, 150 from Minneapolis, which again, why should a Minneapolis referendum screw this up? You know, be allowed to screw that type of thing up when it's a lot smaller amount. You know what I mean? A lot smaller amount of the deal is coming from this uh, city than the state and the and the team. The state ultimately is paying 348 million via multiple venues, including bar pull tabs and user fees from ticket holders. But yeah, the last time there was a referendum about a stadium, it was what looked like to be a beautiful deal involving you know Norm Coleman. Uh, the owner of the Wild and the owner of the Timberwolves who were going to take over the Twins from Carl Pollard. They were going to buy the Twins from Carl Pollard. We were going to have a stadium built in St. Paul, believe it or not. And it got voted down by the same, and the same exact bullcrap you hear today and you heard before that referendum. The same bullcrap. We just don't want to give money to a, a billionaire. We don't want to give money to a billionaire. We don't want to give money to a billionaire. Well, I... <laughs> It's not about giving money to a billionaire. It's about having a facility to go up and watch your team play in. A, a viable facility. Let's see. Target Field, Metrodome. Metrodome, Target Field. Okay, first of all, Target Field's shaped the way a baseball stadium is supposed to be shaped. Oh, and by the way, yeah, a day like today, which is a little bit cooler, but very beautiful. Or sitting in a tent. A glorified tent to watch a baseball game which, again, is not shaped for baseball. You have to crank your neck if you're sitting on third or first base. The seats are not facing home plate. They're facing, well, third base and first base. And in a real stadium, they're facing more towards home plate, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Metrodome was built for football, but the the revenue was horrendous, hideous. There were hardly any suites. I mean, if you're going to have a stadium to play sports in, it needs to be able to generate some revenue, ladies and gentlemen. You can't just lose money every year. But yeah, and just say, that's cool. You know, go ahead and keep losing money. You're rich anyway. Just keep losing money. Screw you. We just want to keep our team, you know. We'll just keep playing in this inferior building. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're when you get down and sit in that new Viking stadium four years from now, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to miss the Metrodome all too much. The only reason why I would miss the Metrodome is the memories. I'm going to miss, I miss Kirby Puckett's Game 6 home run in 1991. I miss Kirby Puckett's four hits and four runs in Game 6 in 1987. I miss Frank Viola's dazzling pitching in 87. I miss Jack Morris's 10 shutout innings. Oh, well, those were all baseball, but no. Uh, I don't miss uh, Gary Anderson's missed field goal. But I will miss... Uh, a lot of the cool matchups by the Vikings and Packers and Bears, especially the Bears, in the in the eighties and beyond in the Metrodome. Yeah, I'll, I'll miss a lot of that. But it seemed like during the Dome era, it was just kind of like a, a team that the little team that couldn't, you know, or the big team that couldn't is more like it. The team that just did not seem to live up to the hype ever. And I know you could say that about the Met Stadium, but that team did get to the Super Bowl several times. A team had more of a home field advantage. Unfortunately, the new stadium won't have the bitter tundra cold 
But but if a retractable roof, which will cost an extra $40 million, should the Vikings uh, like to do that, it would be an extra $40 million to have the retractable roof. We'll see how things go with that. A lot of people hope it happens. Uh, a lot of people expect the Vikings to do that uh, at a retractable roof. The only problem is, I mean, yeah, the good part is, yeah, you'll be able to draw a MLS team, which will make the stadium even more worthwhile. Another sport being played in that building, despite... Uh, much less several other items as well. Multi-sports, multi, multi multi-event facility, especially for football. But yeah, you can provide some outdoor football. There's talk about that the roof would have to close at 50 degrees, which is pretty lame. That's uh, frozen tundra dead big time there. <laughs> You're not getting any anything frozen at 50 degrees. It's not even a refrigerator. You know, you couldn't even, yeah. You couldn't even have cool cool off your water in a refrigerator at 50 degrees. But hopefully that's not true, but I think it is, unfortunately. <laughs> it's kind of lame. But hey, still a beautiful 55 degree, 60 degree October afternoon. I'd love to have a retractable roof for that. I would. I do think the Wilfs will put, plunk down a, yet another $40 million, which would put their total to a whopping uh, 500 and. <laughs> $507 million towards the stadium. Yeah, boy, I don't want to give money to a billionaire. Well, the billionaire is giving you some money. The billionaire is giving you money, too, by the way. Both sides are getting a good deal. Yes. The Wills are getting a good deal because they're having an extremely profitable football team in a beautiful stadium. That'll be worth gajillions of dollars. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the state is getting a good deal as well because the wills are plunking down a fortune, ladies and gentlemen, to help pay for this building. Both sides came out good. To hear lots of stadium, anti-stadium rhetoric is tiring, and I'd like a lot of those people to just go away. Honest to God, I really would. You all have a right to read your opinion, but as Dennis Green once said a long time ago, you know what's also great about America? You don't have to listen to him. And that's the great part. <laughs> Much as I dislike Dennis Green almost his entire tenure, from 97 on, I couldn't stand the SOB because it was just, yeah, every reason to not like him. Horrible coaching decisions, even worse attitude, just an obnoxious man, you know. One-sided coaching style, one-sided general manager, one-sided player personnel approach, all offense, no defense. Yeah. A terrible, uh, or not terrible coach, but a underachieving coach, we'll say, at times. Of course, the offense was was unbelievable at times as well, so give him credit there. But, um, yeah, much as I didn't like the guy, I do I do like that statement, because it's, it's so, so true. What's great about America? Everybody has an opinion, but what's also great, you don't have to listen to them. Yeah, that's what's great. You don't have to listen to these hecklers. Hey, hecklers out there, go heckle. Go heckle um, Ben Bernanke and the Federal Reserve. Go heckle him. Don't heckle uh, the Wilfs and R.T. Ryback and and even Mark Dayton. You know, I I didn't vote for him, but hey, thank you, Mark Dayton, for a job well done. And congratulations. Thank you for signing this, uh, (laughs) signing the stadium bill as well, Mr. Mark Dayton. Thank you again. Uh, A job well done. Hey. Again, as I said, a guy I didn't vote for, but hey, for what he did with this stadium deal, he, he deserves a, a lot of credit. He does. So with that, um, 
we'll check Facebook for a few more comments here and then close episode number 113, which is a very lucky show indeed. Sebastian Ball says, Victory, we have done it. Viking Nation, we have done it. Bye-bye drama. We have a stadium that will be state-of-the-art. Thank you, God. Yes, I agree. Thank you, God, indeed. So true, though. Oh, so true. Thank you, God, indeed. I mean, how, how can you disagree with what he said there? How can you disagree with what he said? Continue the comments here. There are a few added. Um, he basically says, well, oh, yeah, he's asking when's my next show, and, yeah, unfortunately, it ended up being a lot longer. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, welcome back to the the group again. <laughs> yeah, I always like to hear what he has to say. He says, first off, huge congrats to all you Minnesotans. As a sports fan that had a team leave that supported it, Vancouver Grizzlies, I, I do believe, yeah, I talked about that. Yeah, I did talk about that early on with him, I think, a while ago. Yeah, the Vancouver Grizzlies, who are now the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, were top 10 in attendance in the NBA, even though they were horrible. Only to go to a market that loses more money, Memphis, that loses more money. Yep, I personally could not be happier right now. I will say right now that as a Canadian, I started off as a huge Warren Moon fan. Huge! And thus was a diehard Oilers fan. But when they moved, but when they moved, even though I was nowhere near Houston, I felt like it was my team that moved. I have never supported the Titans, and when Warren went to the Vikes, I sort of supported them. But it wasn't the same, unfortunately. Then you lucky Vikes were blessed with not only straight cash, <laughs> that being Randy Moss, but more importantly, 8G. And I decided that I was once and for all, all time, a Viking. So you can see how even here in Vancouver, you all have a brother feelings, feeling sick if the Vikings left the great state of Minnesota. Yeah, if the Vikings left the great state of Minnesota. P.S. I'm probably going to fly down for a game and would love to see some of your fellow Mafia members. I'd love to see you too, Chris Tucker. I would love to see you too. I mean, very, very cool thoughts. Awesome thoughts always by Chris Tucker. Very passionate Minnesota Viking fan, and as mentioned, a Canadian. Yes, because Warren Moon, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, did play in the CFL in Canada and was damn good, obviously, as we all know. <laughs> so that's, that's where Chris Tucker's fandom of Warren Moon originated from. <laughs> I like the Houston Oilers, too, and I think it's a crying shame that they don't still have that name and logo and team. Now it's the Houston Texans. That's... uh. Yeah, that's the well. That's the franchise that replaced them. That's a real cute nickname, the Houston Texans. Great. Well, I'm sure glad we're not called the Minnesotans. That's, that would be pretty lame. The Titans is a pretty cool name, but yeah, not the same. Not at all. Not at all. Tennessee deserves an NFL franchise, but not the Houston Oilers. They deserve their own team. Yes. Uh, Tim Thompson, yeah, we'll get to him in a second. He uh, made his first post. He's recently joined the show. Welcome aboard, Tim Thompson. Uh, he may be listening for a while, not sure, but he recently joined the page. Uh, Chris Tucker says, watching old games, Hussein Abdullah is the only DB doing anything. Resign him. I mean, resign him. Come on. I like fifth rounder Blatton, but come on. At least throw a minimum salary at our best safety. Tim Thompson with his first post, responds. They offered him a contract a couple months ago. The ball's still in his court if he wants to sign or not. I think his concussions are what are holding him from signing. I agree, though. 
He was the only D-back doing anything last year. Blanton is impressing, so he might get the starting job if Hussein doesn't shine. Sign. Good thoughts, Tim Thompson. Thank you for that info there about uh, that uh, uh, Abdullah was offered a contract a few months ago. Didn't really hear much about that, so uh, thank you for the information, Tim, and always welcome. Keep posting if you could. We'd appreciate that very much, and again, welcome to the group. Sebastian again asks next show, and yeah, I told him hopefully soon. <laughs> and yeah, it's finally up now. Again, I apologize, guys out there, that it took so long. It took so long for me to get on here. I apologize very, very much. Uh, Jennifer Hill also responded during the stadium thing. She, uh, I don't want to miss what she said. She says, hope is better than despondent Vikingless fans. Yep, so yeah. Marilyn Marie also said, wow, when I said that stadium, I passed the stadium bill in the house. Yes, that was 73. Yep, so I was right. I still remember that. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, this was very, very, very crazy. Brent Jacobson was also talking about, yeah, this was when the Vikings were going to go to the house. I forget, forgive me for missing some of these. Brent Jacobson says we need to get her done. I have found out that my state senator is a definite no, and I can, <laughs> He says he's torn on the issue on one hand and prefer that Ziggy just build the damn thing himself. <laughs> I got a nickel of a tax play, uh, of taxpayer money. Didn't get a nickel of taxpayer money except for the infrastructure. But on the other hand, I don't want the Vikings to leave and have Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota becomes fudge packer territory again, which was, of course, way back in the 50s. This was a packer territory way back in the 50s, fudge packer. Excuse me for reading that so poorly, audience. Getting a little tired here. <laughs> it's been a long, a very, very, very long day. And, yeah, my voice is annoying me. It's probably as much as it's annoying you. Again, I apologize for that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss those. You know, people deserve their time on air. Especially Brent Jacobson, who we haven't heard for heard from in a long, long time. It's, uh... Yeah, I mean, this, was a, this has been a very happy show, though, for me. I mean, you add... Matt Khalil, you get the stadium done. Harrison Smith, hopefully. Blanton, hopefully, works out. Greg Childs, Jarius Wright, Rhett Ellison, Josh Robinson. I mean, all, all these guys, hey, this is this is exciting. I mean, I'm very, this is a very exciting time for Minnesota Viking fans. It's literally, literally like being reborn. It, it, it really is. You're going to get a new stadium, and the team also is starting over from scratch. Well, not from scratch, but starting a new Recovering from the ashes, rising like a phoenix from the ashes, from a three and thirteen season with a new guard and a lot of new, a lot of new pieces in the secondary, receiving core, uh, yet another tight end who can block big time, who may end up becoming a pretty viable piece. It's exciting times, and most of all the stadium, most of all the fact we are not losing the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you, God, indeed. So with that, we're going to get to the contact details and conclude the lucky number 113 of Purple Mafia. The oh-so-lucky number 113 of Purple Mafia. Again, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. We'd like you to join the message boards on thesportstuff.com. We're going to try to clean those out a little bit. Some, you know, There were some spam people on there, and I do apologize to those of you. I personally do apologize uh, I'm, I'm going to try to do what I can to help delete those. Of course, I'm not the owner of the webpage. It is Dylan Richardson. Just mentioning that uh, I have a little bit of 
I have a bit, uh, I've gained ability to help 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 out to delete some of the mess on there. So I would like to personally help uh, apologize for some of the mess on there. But don't forget to uh, or but please do join. Would appreciate if you could join and be a part of things. Help liven things up on there. Liven things up on there. There are posters on there that do talk about the Vikings and other NFL teams. The groups are split up in the divisions of the National Football League. Do give that a join. We'll get on there. We'll talk football. And it'd be also great. Again, this the uh, voicemail is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Mention what show you're calling in. Purple Mafia is the name of it. Shout out, question, comment. Do what Sebastian did. You can be a part of things in Sebastian. Always, always welcome to call. Never once deal that you can't call. You're always the door is always open. With the welcome sign, welcome mat on the floor in front of it. You are all welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are all very much welcome to join. Facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show. Twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show. Like and or follow those respective pages. Would be very much appreciated. And uh, your interaction is always welcome on the on this show. Thank you again for listening. Well, we'll see. Uh, training cap's coming sooner than later. We'll see if there's more stuff to talk about sooner than later. Might be a little while till the next show. Not sure. I mean, things happen. Maybe we'll just come on and talk about talk about the good old days. We'll we'll see what happens, or just whatever you want to talk about. Maybe if there's enough Facebook posts on there, we'll talk. We'll get on here and talk some more people mafia. But hey, until the next show, until it's time to start talking some training camp, which isn't that far off, we'll have probably some pre-training camp stuff to talk about since there's going to be 9 billion guys in the roster. Yeah, we still need some of those uh, draft picks to sign. Yeah, only 6 of 10 have been signed. We need some of those higher guys to sign. Hey, Khalil, let's get on there and sign on the dotted line. Harrison Smith, come on, guys, let's go. Let's do some signing. I'm going to I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. You've got two choices of what's going to go on this contract. It's going to be your signature or your brains. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yep, stole that from Godfather. Yeah, they might have to do that. If, yeah, we don't need any holdouts. They just might have to do something like that. And, you know, I could see Ziggy Wolf doing something like that. <laughs> so, to bid adieu, I'm going to do one quick, fun little bit. As Ziggy Wolf, we're here to stay, guys. <laughs> okay, sorry. I could have probably done a little better, but it's <laughs> but uh, just hearing him say that was, uh, even though it sounded kind of funny, especially the laugh was real corny. But uh, hey, I'm glad to hear it, Ziggy. Very, very, very glad to hear it. You are a wonderful owner, Ziggy Wolf, and thanks again for working with this state enough to get this deal done. With that, we are going to call it a night. Take care, everybody. We'll be back soon.